Yeah, hello and welcome to The Fen, proudly brought to you by George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook and Five Star Real Estate. Horsey with you alongside rugby league legend Gary, Jimmy, Jack, Gaz. What a stinker of a weekend. I'm not talking about the stand of the footy. I'm talking about the thermometer. It was through the roof. It was. It was 40-odd degrees on the weekend. Yeah, it's probably one of the hottest March periods I can remember. You know, that, the season normally starts around that sort of middle of March, you know, it's been absolute cracker. So I can't recall it ever being as hot as what it has been over the weekend. And, mate, there were so many players going down with cramp. I thought it was like watching you out there back in the 80s. Remember you used to get the – you stick the leg up, waste a bit of time, the old cramp would kick in. There was a, st- there was a stack of that going on. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a cramp. That was just waiting for Blocker to get back on side. That's what that was. <laughs> so, there was no cramp there. That was um, for sure. Yeah, look, uh, temperatures getting up around – the 40-degree mark there on the Sunday, and uh, it was it was right across the weekend. A lot of games were affected. You saw a lot of tries run in in the last 10 minutes of the game. At, at Brookvale, I think there was five tries in the last 10 minutes. The, the Broncos scored four tries in the last nine, minute, the, nine minutes against mm. the Dragons. So teams are really fatiguing. Uh, I was trying to think of some really hot games I've experienced, and I remember uh, Parramatta played Manly in 2018 at Brookvale. I think it was round two. Yeah, it was round two, and it was – yeah, I think it was 40 degrees – and Manly, let's just say they handled it better. They won 54 nil. We're going to talk all about round three through the course of the program. We're also going to talk about the top redheads. Yes, the top redheads in rugby league. This is based on Corey Horsburgh playing a, a fantastic match for the Raiders in their 24-20 win over the Sharks. We'll get to that a bit later. Plus, can Parramatta save their season? Three straight losses to start 2023. And the Tigers, have they turned the corner? They went down against the Bulldogs, but they did put together some nice tries. So Jimmy will have his say on that. But firstly, some sad news in the world of rugby league with the uh, the great Rabbito, John Sattler, passing away, aged 80. Uh, this is shattering news. Such an uh, iconic figure of rugby league. Will always be known for playing with a, a broken jaw through the 1970 grand final against Manly, which South Sydney won. And wouldn't you know it, guess who South Sydney play this weekend? They play Manly. Incredible synergy there. And uh, just an emotional day for rugby league, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. The stories of John Sattler. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, Halsey. I remember growing up in the 60s and 70s, and my dad was a front rower, and he'd often talk about John Sattler and and what a tough player he was. And and that 1970 grand final when he had a broken jaw when they played Manly. Um, r- remarkable, remarkable player to to um, to do what he did. He wasn't. He played front row. He wasn't a very big front rower. I was very fortunate to to get to meet him. I think in the 19, uh, 1984, I think we played our second test up there in Queensland, and we went to his pub. Um, we went to his pub and met him, and he for, for a drink and some lunch. Um, I think it was around Redcliffe, around there. And uh, he was a real real gentleman, um, very quietly spoken, um, a, a real a real gentleman. That's the first thing that struck me: just how how kind and considerate he was, and um, a very Completely opposite of what I thought he would be, you know, rough and tough, and but he wasn't. He was very sort of introverted, um, and you know, his 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 level of toughness. He took the game to a whole new era, playing with with with, you know, we all played with injuries back in those era, but you know, to to play a grand final with a broken jaw because you obviously very hard to speak and you had to pack into scrums, and other players would be hitting you in the mouth as well. You have no idea what it would be like for him. Um, I was fortunate to. To have been coached by Paul Sate, who played with him, and, and Paul Sate always spoke about Johnny Sattler as a as a inspirational player, and uh, it's it's a really sad day for the game. 
It's a really sad day for the game, the passing of John Sattler, and um, yeah. rest in peace, John Sattler. And all that needs to be said for John Sattler is whenever there's a display of toughness in rugby league, people refer to John Sattler. It's that simple. You remember mm. Sam Burgess, he broke his cheekbone in the first tackle of the 2014 grand final against Canterbury, which Souths won, which broke that long-running drought, and everyone instantly went back to John Sattler playing through with a, a broken jaw back in 1970. He played 197 games for South between 63 and 72. He played four tests for Australia. He captained South to four premierships between 67 and 71. An absolute legend of rugby league. And working in the media, he was a champion to deal with as well. We'd often call him for an interview. He was always up for a chat. Just a lovely yeah. guy, a real gentleman. And mm. just like his son, Scott Sattler, and we, we think of him and the family today because it's obviously – uh, a very sad time. Uh, moving along to uh, the Five Star Five for this week, Jimmy. Um, I'll just run through the eye-catching moments for round three and a packed Belmore sports ground. This would have brought back some memories for you. Uh, the trains chuffing past there. Do they chuff these days, trains? I don't know. But they were there and it was a massive crowd, 16,000 people <laughs> to see the Bulldogs take on the Tigers. It, it, it was multicultural around, Jimmy, so it gave me – a bit of a cold sweat because multicultural round kicked off back in 1993, and at that that very same venue, Belmore, 27,000 packed in there. I don't know if you saw the crowd yesterday, but it looked like it was full and it had 16,000. Yeah. They yeah. had almost double that for this game between Canterbury and Parramatta in '93, and Parramatta, wow. much to the the experts' surprise, were actually going well at the start of that season, but Canterbury absolutely flogged us, 42 points to six. I remember. Their fullback, Luke Goodwin, had a, an incredible game. And uh, so ever since then, yeah, multicultural round brings back some bad memories for me. Uh, but uh, mm. some other moments, Reese Walsh and Ezra Mam at Suncorp Stadium. Did you see that? They did that little um, – they crossed their arms after they scored a try. Yes. Yeah, after they scored a try against the Dragons. Apparently that is a signal to the Dolphins, hey, this is our house. Back oh. off. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they play the Dolphins sense. this week. I'll get your thoughts yeah. on that soon. Uh, the yeah. footwork, Jimmy, of two young guns on the weekend, uh, the Titans-Storm game, Jonah Pezzett for the Storm, he absolutely burned Aaron's shop with some great footwork. It, it was beautiful to watch. And then on the other side, Titans winger, Alafiana Khan Pereira, I think I pronounced that right, uh, he just burnt Will Warbrick from the Storm to score in the corner. Jimmy, that was some footwork from the good old days, like yeah. Michael O'Connor, Paul McGregor. Yeah, uh, Freddie Fittler, and, Freddie, and from well, the other code, David Campisi, just guys that could just bamboozle you with their footwork. Yeah, absolutely great footwork. Uh, and and young Pezzet, uh, uh, young Pezzet, he, he's the son of listening. He's the son of Troy, uh, of any a Paramount player. Yeah, Troy Pezzet, who played for the Eels and the Crushers. Yeah, yeah. It's like Larry Cora, sort of tries from nothing. All of a sudden, they stop, and you stop, and then they go on. They're, they're around you. That's a, a remarkable skill, a remarkable acceleration from those from those players to have that 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 skill. But I must say, the level of football, I'm really impressed with that Horsey. So not just from from our wingers, but our fullbacks, but right across the park, has been fantastic mm. at the mm. start of this season. Better than last year, and better than the year before. Whether the referees have found, as I talk about that balance, they've certainly they've, they've let the game flow a little bit. It's great to watch. There's they're not picking like they were last year. Um, so it's really been an excellent level of football by all the players and great skill by by our wingman. Yeah, I'm completely agreeing with you on that one. No no real blowouts. We've had three rounds 
and there's been no one lapped. Parramatta and, and the West Tigers are winless, but they've been in every one of their three games. So that tells you that this, this year's competition is as tight as ever. Just going back to the five-star five uh, from the weekend, the top five, yeah. uh, I loved Joseph Swali'i and Campbell Graham. Talking about matchups out wide, this is a good old-fashioned battle in the centres when the Rabbitohs played the Roosters. The Roosters winning that one 20 to 18. These two were all over each other. Two of the yeah. best young centres in the game. Well, Swalili yeah. is just getting used to playing in the centres, but he's obviously a huge talent. But just those yeah. two just went looking for each other. I loved it. it. It does. It takes you back to some of those great battles in the centres back in the day. Big Mal against Mark McGaw. Yeah, sparkles, yeah. those sort of clashes. Big big Mal against big Mal against anyone, really. You know, Michael O'Connor, uh, Chris Mortimer, yeah, Steve Rogers, those players too. A great, great contest between the centres. Um that's for sure. Um, when they when they start throwing out wide, yeah, Mal, Mal was always hard to handle. It always took two blokes to tackle him. And finally, point number five, Danny Levi for the Raiders. He's just landed at Canberra this year, and unfortunately, he broke his jaw in their win over the Sharks. And Jimmy, this would have brought back memories for you because he lost a couple of teeth, and Ooh. ground staff there at GIO Stadium were looking through the turf, he's missing teeth. Now, that would have taken you back to your days because you had a similar story. You didn't break your jaw, but you certainly lost a few no. pegs. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was lucky. I, I only lost – I lost I four, four pegs, but th- three of them came straight out and uh, onto the ground, and I could see them straight away. And They're quite remarkable how long they are. They're probably about, about three-quarters of an inch each, each tooth. Um, and one went through my lips, so I could have lost four. Wow. I made a more than all tackle on um, big, big Mark Graham, the Kiwi Mark Graham, the captain, more than all. And he's he Scottish. Tackle, hey, hey, big Mark Graham, no, he's from Yorkshire. No, he's a freaking <laughs> <little> Kiwi. <laughs> it's six foot six, and you're going to tackle him more than all when, when you're only five foot ten. Well, guess what? When that comes up, the old elbow, you walk, you walk straight oh. into it. So I walked straight into his elbow. Uh, mind you, he didn't score, but I didn't save the try. But I tell you what, my, my 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 when you look down on the ground and you look at your teeth, which you've had your entire life, and you go, "What the hell?" Like they're gone, they're, they're gone. So, so I picked them up and put them in my sock, and I, and I kept playing. Um, yeah, I kept playing, even though my other tooth was through my lip. Uh, for the remainder of the game, the trainer came on. I said, I, "I said, come over here." And I put them in my sock. I put them in my sock and took it out of my sock and said, "Here's my teeth. Put it in afterwards." To the trainer, I put in after the game, and he took it off me, and uh, I just kept playing. You know, I wouldn't be allowed today, but uh, in those days, yeah, I did. And as it turned out, they they couldn't save the teeth, and we went up to they went to Glebe. There's a dental there at Glebe there, twenty four hour, twenty four seven, and they just looked and said, "Look, how long ago this happened?" We said, "Oh, it was about an hour ago, an hour and a half ago." Sorry, it's got to be put in within the next first twenty minutes, or they don't stay. So it's just a waste of time. So you know. There was a waste of time. They just tried to fix, uh, sewed my gum together and fix it up. But it was a very horrendous uh, occasion losing your teeth in a tackle, a brutal tackle. And you wouldn't read about it. Freaking two months later, we played the Kiwis in the World Cup final in 1988 at Eden Park. Mark Graham makes a break. There's only one guy between him and the trial line. It's me. I go to tackle him. Guess what he did? <laughs> Same thing again. So you learned, you learned your lesson this time, didn't you? I, mean, I learned my lesson the yeah. second time and just went, wee, and I pulled back and said, you busted. <laughs> Twice, he didn't get me the second time, but he got me the first time. So, Mate, I, I applaud you. I applaud you for that toughness. That's that's an incredible story. 
if I had my teeth knocked out, I would just probably pass out. So that's awesome that you could play on and tuck them in your mm. sock. What a great story. How's this? I didn't play with, with a mouth guard until after this first state of origin in 1984. Always played with no mouth guard, right? That game, uh, I ran into the back of Gene Miles's head wow. with my with my mouth, and it actually hit my two front teeth and pushed them back towards my tonsils. They didn't come out. They stayed there, but they oh. were in there for the rest of the game. It was at the SCG, so it was game two in 84, and they, luckily they, they didn't come out out of the socket, and then old Bill Monaghan pulled them back and put them back up in there into the socket, and they stayed, and I've had them ever since. So, you know, I was very lucky to retain those two teeth from that state of origin. Never wore a mouth guard, and after that, I always wore a mouth guard. So there's your lesson, kids. Mm, Must wear a mouth guard from Uncle Gary. Yes. I'm sure sure Mark Graham apologised for... um, I brought it up the other day when I saw him at the the, the kangaroos, and he said, I've just been a sook. So he said to me, (laughs) oh, you big sook. What are you you counting me, you big sook? I said, no, so he didn't take it too well. I said, "Uh, stuff you anyway. Man, he was a tough Kiwi, wasn't he? He was a tough Kiwi. So that's the five-star five, star five brought to you by Five Star Real Estate. Go and see the, the boys there at Five Star. They're based at Hornsby. Great Always sponsors. do a great job. If you've got to buy, sell, or lease, they are the place to go. Uh, Jimmy, can Parramatta mm. save their season? Three straight losses. They went down to the Seagulls 34-30. Tell you what, mm. Parramatta's been in some entertaining games this year, but they haven't won a game yet, and mm. they play the Panthers yeah, that's right. The Panthers, two-time defending champions, mm. arch rivals from Sydney's West at Combank Stadium Thursday night. So the pressure is on. Can they, can they get out of this hole, the Eels? Yeah, look, I think they can. I think they can get out of the hole, and, and I think they can save their season. I don't think they're going to win this weekend. I think it's going to be zero and four um, against Penrith. Uh, yes, you know it's it's coming. They're always they've been competitive in, in all of their games, um, but it just hasn't fallen into place for whatever reason. So yes, I think they can still they can still make the top four. Incredibly frustrating for Eels fans because the game has been there. I mean, they really could be three from three, and that's not a stretch. They they really could be. And against Manly again, there were just key moments in that match. Will Penasini couldn't pick up a ball virtually on the try line to score. Um, it was just a series of blunders. Josh Hodgson giving mm. away a penalty after, I think, on the fifth tackle when they had Manly pinned and then Manly scored not long after that. Bailey mm. Simonson tapping back in a, a 40-20 kick from Manly, from Cherry Evans, mm. which which ended up in a try. Game. Yep. Yeah, a try for Brad Parker in his 100th game for Manly. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood, even when Parramatta were getting back into the game near the end, they still had four minutes to go and it's just a, a panicked offload from Jermaine Hopgood, which was just snapped up. Uh, by Olika Artu, who went over to score. I mean, if he holds that ball, they had four minutes. They were making easy inroads, and it just they just seem to be lacking composure at key moments. And that comes back to your leaders. I think as as good as Clint Gutherson played, and he did play well, yeah. they just they just seem to be losing their heads when they need to be cool and calm. There was a moment there where they had it was like the game against Cronulla the week before. They were up by two, and this occasion they're up by two against Manly, which was incredible because Manly, Jimmy, they dominated that first half. They bashed Parra. They were all over Parra, yep. but somehow yep. early in that second half, the Eels got in front 16-14. Mm. Then uh, the last play of the, the set, they are pressing Manly's line, and they just ran a cross field like headless chooks, and then Gutho got penalised for, uh, for a shepherd. And, you know, in attack, it was just inexcusable. And then Manly scored straight after it. Bang, bang, two tries. And, you know, I wouldn't say the game was gone, but they had to play catch-up again. So that's just – it's incredibly yeah. frustrating for, for the coach, Brad Arthur, and they just need to, to 
to get that out of their game. They need to find that composure if they're going to beat Penrith mm. because, as, as we know, Penrith just give you nothing, and that's going to be yeah. the same at Combat yeah. Stadium. They do get Ryan Madison back at least yes, uh, after good. he served his three-match suspension, and he'll have plenty of ground to make up too, just quietly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He he, he sat out the games rather than pay the $4,000, so he owes his teammates a, a lot in return. Look, having said that, I know it's hard to take as a Parramatta fan, tragic that you are, but they played very well, did, did Manly. They played exceptionally well. So if you can take that out of it, I mean, that try that Schuster set up for Tommy Turbo was just sublime, you know. Uh, and, and the 40-21 where Parker scored, that was just, you know, just a, a, a kerfuffle that, that it should never have happened, but it, but it did. So they, they were unlucky, Para. Um, take that out of it. They, they were red-hot um, manly side on the weekend. And, you know, so I think I think Parramatta aren't far off it. And there were really stages two of the game there where if Mitch Moses kicks a couple of goals, all of a sudden we're looking, we're looking down 34-34, you know. So yeah, uh, they're not far off it. That's the other issue. Mitchie Moses, his goal kicking has dropped from last season quite noticeably. He's missing some some kicks he would usually swallow up because Parramatta has scored 13 tries to 13 tries in their three mm. games in regulation time. Obviously, the Storm scored an extra time, but apart from that, 13 tries each, but haven't got a win yet. So mm. they're that close. Mm. But mm. I mean, are, I, yeah. Jimmy, I've heard over the years so many teams whinge about their draw, and credit here to the Eels. They have not whinged or blued about their draw, which is a shocker. Yeah, five tough games to start with, but that's fine. But more than that, they're playing three teams coming off the bye. That, that's mm. got to be a huge advantage yeah. to, firstly, Manly, yeah. now Penrith, yeah. if you don't mind, yeah. and then the Roosters yeah. next week. The Roosters just that's- had a real strong battle with the Rabbitohs. They get a week off. They come yeah, back that to should never happen. Look, I'm on your side there. That should never, ever happen. If you're talking about a fair draw, that is not a fair draw. No. And whoever put that draw together should be, should be, you know, strung Logged. up. And they should take, take their license taken away to do the draw for 2024 because that is not a fair draw. No. It's, it's as simple as no one else is penalised like that, but Parramatta are. So, yes, very hardly done by it. it should, and it should not be acceptable. I think, though, that Parramatta, even if they sink to zero and five, they still do have the players, especially when Sean Lane comes back to make a charge for that top eight. So it's definitely not over yet. What about your Tigers, Jimmy? Uh, it looked pretty grim there against the Dogs, who were playing really well. They're up 26-6 uh, to six in that second half. Yeah. And suddenly, the Tigers yeah. burst to life. Uh, yeah. Three oh, no. tries, oh. I think four minutes, you would have been cheering. Yeah, well, well th- it was 26-6 and a half time, and then 26, uh, sorry, 26 and a half time, and 26-6 with 15 or 14 to go, and we scored those three quick tries. Which was great that they do, but I think the scoreline really sort of flattered the Tigers to become that close, like 26-22. Uh, um, it, it's not too far away. Well, well, it didn't look too good. The first first 66 minutes looked pretty ordinary. They looked very uh, unorganised, the Tigers. I don't know what's going on there. I really don't know what's going on. But the, the try, the intercept try that they got away with uh, the Bulldogs there, uh, when Dewey threw the pass, and what was it? Uh, it was by... Uh, Alamotti. Uh, yeah, Alamonti, the centre. Like, the guy who was receiving the ball, he ran into the wrong hole. He ran yeah. into, the, into the hole outside of of the centre rather than running inside. So, like, what's he thinking as to run on the outside to actually give the bloke a, an intercept? And that's what he did. Little things like that 
uh, will kill you. You know, if you're doing all this ball work about running off ball players and, and setting yourself up and throwing it around, you've got to run into the right hole. It's unacceptable to run into the wrong hole. But we've spoken about this before, Jimmy, that there's a lack of good hole runners in rugby league. Back in your time, that was that was just what you did as a mm. centre, especially. Mm. You would know where to run, what angles to run. I'll tell you who does it well, Britt Nakora from the Sharks. He's a great hole runner, um, but yeah. there's precious few. And on yeah. that occasion, it was Stafford Toa, and he, uh, yeah, he let down Dewey pretty badly. But you got, to, I've got to say, also Dewey had a, a pretty average game again. They got a, they got some questions there in terms of what they do in the, the halves. Luke Brooks actually came to life when Brandon Wakem came on, the Correct. former Bulldog. So he has to be in that side, Brandon Wakem. He had a, mm. a huge say in turning that around. Mm. It just, it just, it just means Sheens has to pick between Dewey and Brooks as his halves yeah. partner. So yeah. from what yeah. I've seen, neither has done much. Um, maybe you move Dewey to the centres. Maybe you move Dewey to the centres. That might be a good option because certainly when Wakem was there, that's when that started the spark and that's what got them back in the game. It, it's So him being there, you could see stuff was created. So I think he has to be there, be there next week. Uh, Rooksy scored a try and set up a try as well. So yeah, that, that was good. But there were just there were just long periods there where the Tigers just looked you know they just looked inept and lacking uh, creativity uh, at, at, for, for long stages of the game you know um, yeah it's as a, as a Tigers fan it was uh, it, and you look at it like the Bulldogs blew three tries at halftime it should have been forty points to six by halftime but they blew it and then they just put they went to sleep they went to sleep with fifteen to go there's no question they went to sleep let the Tigers back in the game but but it should have been forty. Uh, Bet for they dropped some ball. Yeah, uh, Burton was sensational for the dogs. What about the try that he scored? Um, and Kickout was sublime out wide when he put his mind to it. That little left foot step, he, step he's got as a, as a as a big man is oh, it's, it's untouchable. You know, he's he's got a great skill there at that uh, left hand side, and those those guys really forged ahead. And the Fox was back scoring tries, and that was a great try as well. He scored two. Uh, yeah, Cameron Serrato, the coach for the Bulldogs, was raving about the young centre, Paul Alamotti, who looks like a really mature young guy who knows where mm-hmm. to be. And the way he just offloaded to the Fox to run away for the try, that was smart play. Good, yeah. He's obviously, He says, hey, I don't have the same amount of, I don't have the pace you do. I don't care if I don't get the try. I'm going to give it to you. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was smart play. And Reed Marnie, gee, he's gone to another level at the Bulldogs. I just – I look back at his time at Parramatta now, and, and he was a good player at Parra, but he seems to have gone – with the leadership, he seems to have gone up a level. He's throwing himself into everything. He's really leading this Canterbury side. And I know Serraldo is super impressed. But just back on the Tigers, I think sometimes, Jimmy, those late tries can sometimes mask a few problems. And so, you, you know, the Tigers walk away 26-22. They might feel, oh, that, was, that wasn't too bad, boys. That was all right. Whereas it, it actually masks quite a few problems because they were a yeah. long way off the pace for most of that yeah. game. And yeah. you could probably yeah. argue that the heat got to the dogs in the end and they just – I saw Billy Army kick out there. He was – it was hardly moving by the end of that game. It was so hot. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, and you're hundred percent right there. As I said, Horsey, I think the scoreline flattered the Tigers. Really, they were a long, a long way off. At Canterbury, just went to sleep the last fifteen minutes of the game. Jimmy, an official apology is due here. Yeah, I'm going to apologise to Wayne Bennett and the Dolphins because I said the wooden spoons come on your way, Wayne. Get ready; these guys just aren't up to it, and they have won three in a row to sit behind the Broncos at the top of the table. Well done to the Broncos too, by the way. And uh, mm. they have just confounded the critics. It's obvious that, yes, he missed out on all the marquee signings. You read Marnie's, your Cameron Munsters, your Caelan Pongers, et cetera, et cetera. Brandon but Smith. 
yep. Brandon Smith, but he he instead has signed a, a bunch of workers and guys that will play for him. Yeah, Felice Cafusi, the Bromwich boys, so forth. Sean O'Sullivan is really impressing at halfback. He's you look at some of the halfbacks out there. This guy is prepared to take a knock. He takes the ball to the line. He gets smashed, but he gets back mm. up and gets back into it. Yeah, and, and fortune favours the Braves. They've thrown it around. They've played attacking the top of footy, and and they've played for each other. And they've built a sort of and they've built a mateship. Um, you, you, you can see they've got a spirit there. You know, it's, it's not easy to get a team with spirit. And all the guys have got that, but they are led by a, a pretty tough and rugged forward pack. You know, the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi, and they're all they all work hard for each other and. As you said, O'Sullivan's fantastic there at, at at number seven. He'll he'll take it to the line and put them through. And he, his ball playing ability has been great. And they've got spread out wide, you know, with the hammer. Um, and, and on either side, they can, they can make something from nothing and and finish it off. So, yeah, I'll give give Wayne Bennett. It's a simple game. He he coaches simple. He, he gets results. You know, when you think that it's been what. He's been. I saw a clip yesterday, 1985, when it was Brisbane, Mag, South Brisbane versus uh, Wynnum Manly in the grand final. So that was that's yeah, almost 40 mm. years ago. And he was the coach. Yeah, Wayne Bennett. Yeah. He was 35, 36 at that stage, and and they beat them 10-8 uh, at, at Lang Park. And you know he's still doing it now. It was nice and simple. They're playing direct footy. You know, and here we are, some 30, 38 years later. He, he's still, he's still, yeah. Knows how to coach, and no, oh, it's just great to see. It's, it's fantastic to see. He's a great, uh, he's a great representative of the game, and uh, it's great uh, that he's in our game. And he will be loving this week going back to Suncorp Stadium, to the club where he won all those competitions, but also was shown the door at the end of 2019. This is 2018, I should say. This is mm. um, this has got an ambush all over it from for Wayne Bennett. This, these are the moments he lives for, and already. The Broncos, I heard them after the game against the Dragons sort of saying, oh, we're not thinking about next week. Uh, we're the Brisbane Broncos. We're, we're not rivals of the Dolphins. We've got our own identity. I mean, they're talking themselves into a, into some trouble here, the Broncos, and I think Wayne would be sitting back loving it. Wayne Bennett is a, is a wily old fox, and, uh, yeah, he's yeah. probably got a couple of tricks that young Kevin hasn't seen yet. These young fellows, uh, their senses of how good they're going and doing it, you know, they, they lose St. George Dragons off the park at the last in the last five minutes. They'll probably be full of themselves and Bennett will just uh, you know, slowly just take them apart um, and his, his team. But they, just, they just work hard for each other, so I think it's going to be a, a cracking game. They can all score tries and um, just how Bennett, what plays out in the media during the week, and that's all part of the mind games. It's all part of Wayne Bennett's uh, mystery for being successful. Yeah, he's done at the state of origin level so many times. And what about the Dragons? I mean, gee, mm. eighteen all with nine to go. Mm. Fans would be thinking, "Geez, we're going all right this year. That you know, good start in the mm. season. We, we could win this one." And then they look at the scoreboard and it's forty to eighteen. Incredible collapse. Mm. Uh, Jimmy, it is time for code word of the week. Ten percent off your next order at George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook. Geez, they do a good job down there. Make sure you get along. Grab a T bone or some mints. Well, look, I've changed it in, in what's happened today with Johnny Sattler. I've changed the code word to Sats. Yep. That's uh, as a sign of respect for John Sattler. That's the code word for this week at George's Fine Meats. You mentioned Sats, and you'll get 10% off, off your, all your meats there from Wayne and the team. Um, yeah, so Sats is the code word. Okay, Sats, the code word of the week. Now, as we uh, mentioned earlier, we're going to do the top redheads in rugby league. This is in reference to Corey Horsbrough, the flame-haired, fiery back rower for the Raiders who played so well, picked up a couple of tries 
against uh, the Sharks. Um, he was fantastic. Well, you got some. You got ten names there for us, Jimmy. Who, you can go back as far as you like. I know there's a very obvious one you should have at the top. Look, look, I'm going to start from number ten. Okay. And it was it was a great player down here. He played for the Steelers. His name was Kicker Kirkland. Now, Kicker Kirkland was a winger, played country, played New South Wales country, played with Brian Johnson and uh, Slippery Morris at Dapdale, and then played with me at, at West in Wollongong here, West Red Devils. Kicker Kirkland, he, he was a redhead, fiery redhead with curly red hair and, and frickly skin, red, red skin and little dots all over it. He's number 10, Kicker Kirkland. Rory Hallsborough, number nine, how's that? Yeah. Rory Hallsborough, number nine. And because you, you know what you're going to get with redheads, they just give you 100% all the time. So, you know, whether it be a, a tackle defence, you know, they wear their heart in their sleeves, so, and that's exactly what Corey Hallsborough does. Uh, number eight, uh, I've got uh, poor old Lancey Thompson, who's passed away a couple of years ago. Lancey's there, yeah, probably higher than where he is at number eight here. I'm just going off the top of my head here. So I've got Lance there. He comes in. He was a fiery redhead too. Um, with St George and for uh, Cronulla, um, a fantastic play. Always gave, a, as I said, always give a hundred percent in attack and defence. Unlucky not to play, I think New South Wales and Australia, but he was a great clubman. Number seven, I'm going to go. Uh, number seven is Mickey Neal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Mickey Mickey Neal, he's a former teammate of yours. He famously yes. was ankle tapped in the 1989 grand final by Mal Maniga. He looked for all money he was going to score the, the winning try, and then big Mal brought him down. Big Mal. But hey, yeah. when you talk about fiery redheads, Mick Neal, he he blows that theory because he was not he was not a fiery redhead. He was a lovely guy, and he still is. Yeah, well, he's fiery now. <laughs> <laughs> He's fiery now. <laughs> he, he, he's 57. He's fired up now. He, he's a cranky old man now. He, he's got a late in life, has Megsy. So, so, well, yeah, but yeah, he was, he was, he, he was, Megsy wouldn't get in a fight. No, but if he had to, he would. But no, he wouldn't get in a fight. And um, very courageous player. Was, he was probably 65 kilos, bring and wet, Megsy Neal. <laughs> now, okay, so if I'm, if I'm, uh, and now I'm going to throw in number six. Number six, fiery redheads, is a guy called David Ward. Now, David Ward is a is a name that you're unfamiliar with. Yes. Now, David Ward played it. Uh, he's a he played front row. He played out there in the Blacktown competition. Uh, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and he is going to come in at number six. Is David Ward? Because if you listen to this fend right now, we listen to yeah. the fend, and to hear his name mentioned, he'll just yeah. be thinking, "How good's that?" I've got to mention in the fiery redhead. So, Wardy, you're my token number six and fiery okay. redhead. So you got Wardy ahead of Paul Vorton. That's a big call. No, no, I haven't got him ahead of Paul Vorton. No, that's, that's oh, he's still coming. Two. I'm still coming ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, right. Okay. Well, look, I'll, I'll go with me number, number one. I've got to go with me number one. And, of course, that is the great fatty Vorton, the, uh, the fiery redhead from the Manly and from the Roosters yeah. and Queensland and Australia. Fat, it was uh, plenty of fun times with Fat. Uh, you always knew what you were trying to get with Fat. You're going to upset one of your former teammates because you've left him off the off your list. Chuck Edmund? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, there you are. Yeah, Heck, See, yeah. Chuck, yeah okay. Chuck Edmund, yeah, well, he, he, yeah. Well, All right, what about some others? Here, I've got, I've got Greg Florimo. Flo, oh, yeah. Redhead? Well, yeah, he's a bit dark. He was more Auburn than, than Red. Auburn. Give me a Poor break. Auburn, yeah. yeah about, he was a great player too. What about the dashing winger, Brett Dallas? 
Ellis, he was he was blonde redhead. So he was blonde redhead. So he was a bit like me. So he had the long blonde hair with the mm. little red red okay. red roots down the bottom. So you're questioning his redhead status. Uh, Keith Galloway yeah. is a tiger. Yeah. Uh, Keith Galloway, former tiger. He was a oh Keith Galloway, raging He's redhead, through and yeah. through, through and through. Keith Galloway, get out of my way. <laughs> and, a, and a bloke we've mentioned uh, in the program today, uh, Brad Parker from Manly. There you go. He's definitely of a redhead. Yeah. yeah, he's there there you go. absolutely. We love our redheads. Yeah. Keep it going. And Corey Horsburgh leading the charge, playing really well for the Raiders. Uh, mandatory concussion stand downs came in, Jimmy, through the week. Harme Sele from the Rabbitohs. He's the first man who will miss next week because of this 11 day stand down. Everyone agrees the NRL is doing a really good job with concussions, but I'm with. Jason Dimitri from the Rabbitohs on this, because I and Andrew Johns, Joey, I spoke to him on 2GB the other night because I, I don't I don't know if they've really had a good look down the track towards um, grand final time because we always hear the game is about the fans and I think there is a real possibility that some absolute superstars will be sidelined from the biggest games of the year because of a head knock that you know they probably have overcome. I know there's a lot of research and so forth, but the players are so well looked after now. It's not like back in your era. Mm. Players have the very best treatment, and uh, mm. I just think I'm with Joey. If we can, if we can somehow get an 11 day gap between the the prelim finals and the grand finals, so we we don't lose your Latrell Mitchells and so forth to a to a to a head knock yeah. that they've recovered from, but have to sit in the grandstand. Can you imagine fans mm. watching that uh, South mm. versus the Roosters and Latrell no. Mitchell sitting in the grandstand looking? No. Peachy. No, 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 and that's right. With no, with no, the Troy Mitchell, maybe no Tommy Turbo. They're not playing, and they're, they're two of the biggest draw cards in the game. Uh, so yeah, I, I think yeah, you're, you're right there. There needs to be maybe a bit more thought put onto this. Um, the eleven day, and I'm in favour of it too. I am in favour of it. So I haven't quite uh, got the right answer, but I, I do agree with you. Um, we could lose some players towards the back end of the year. I hope we don't, but it depends if clubs want to exploit it. Um, they may be able to. And now, the, I mean, the one thing that worries me, I know it doesn't happen much these days, but it, let's just say in a prelim final, I know I'm talking about the grand final a lot here, but in a prelim final, just say you're having a, you're having a showdown with Gary Belcher, um, you know, you've put one over badge, you've given him a few words, the Tigers mm. are on their way to the grand final, the, the Raiders mm. can't win it, and badge just says, I'm going to get I'm gonna get you, mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to square up, because I know if, if I can clock you, you won't play next week, and he clocks mm. you. There's mm. nothing you can do about it. You're out for next week. There's no submissions heard. There's no protocols to pass. It's just you're mm. out, mate, because you've got a category yeah. one, and it's because you, you, it's because your rival had the shits and and wanted to take mm. you out. Yeah, even if it doesn't hurt, and <laughs> that's right. You're if, in you, trouble. if you're out for a second, that's it. Category one. See you later. Yeah, your grand second, final dream's well, done. That's it. It's all over. Even though it, it might have been like a feather. So that's a possibility too of that happening. So. I haven't even thought about that. So, mm. yeah, good on your horse. You're just a thinker, that's for sure. Thinker, mate. That yes, just worries me. I just think there's no problem right now with uh, Hamo Sello having a week off and anyone mm. else who gets knocked out. But I just think for those big showpiece games, the games the games that, you know, you tried to win a grand final your whole career and to, to think that it could be taken away because, you know, of a, of a, a knock to the jaw, which which you fully recover from. Yeah. I don't know. Mate, I, I've, I've been knocked out. Lots of times, um, that, that, and and I and I and I have recovered uh, and played out that game and, and yeah. played the following and played the following week. But I'm sure yeah. I would have been. Yeah, you know, when we played Cronulla in '88, I got I, the, 
we had a special tap move and I ran straight into freaking Dan Staines. My <laughs> God, didn't that shorten you up? And that knocked the bejesus out of me. And I, and I was I was down. You know, it was just the, the rattle. It wasn't so much the head, but just the force of it. Um, I was and it cracked my rib, and I had to have an injection for the following week. But I could potentially have that sort of that with that movement you know, hitting such such a violent force hitting me, even though I didn't hit my head. I could I could have missed the game these days. Um, it just doesn't seem right. Yeah, and what I'm saying is, I just don't like the blanket rule. It's, it's everything's it's mandatory. I just like case by case. Yeah. Weigh it up, okay? He's yeah. fully recovered. He can play. Yeah. He hasn't recovered. You can't play. I, but I can see how then an independent doctor, if he lets you play but doesn't let Gary Belcher play, then Canberra are going to be blowing up. So, look, it's it's a really tough one. The NRL's mm. doing the best they can and we'll support well, them. Well, well, one thing's for sure, Horsey, Gary Belcher and Gary Jack won't be playing, so it won't happen. <laughs> That'll bring the crowds back. Yeah, that, that's there. one thing you won't have to worry about. It won't happen. Hey, um, one thing I didn't think would happen would be Craig Bellamy losing his influence at the Storm, but they were terrible last week against the Bulldogs. He gave them an absolute bake, and what do you know? They come out and lose to the Titans, even though mm. they're still missing a few stars. Bellamy said after the game, there's a lack of care. So this is after a bake from Craig Bellamy. They still couldn't get themselves up and, and deliver the right attitude, which, which for me, well, that's mm. alarming for Craig Bellamy that he couldn't get a great response out of them. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 okay, I'll say one good thing. You know, you, you win games up front. The one good thing he's got to work with is a guy called Tarek Sims. He will make a difference to that side. I think he'll be key for their success going forward. Um, you know, the big big Nelson wasn't there as well. Okay, so he was out of the game. So the big he had a couple of big boppers up front that weren't that weren't. But you know, if one was his first game, other bloke wasn't playing. So yes. Uh, you know, he just hasn't. Yeah, you know, he hasn't got that that Oppenhausen. He hasn't got that mm. that X factor. Uh, Hughes Hughes had a very often often on game. Uh, too many errors from from young Jerome Hughes there. So yeah, uh, he would be. You know, Coates also made a few errors as well. They, they made. Geez, they dropped some ball. They really dropped some ball. Did the storm? Uh, it was forty degrees there as well up at Seabus Stadium. So maybe that's a reason why. And they are coming from Melbourne, where they're not used to that sort of heat. Uh, and they missed Munster as well. You know, big Munster's not there, and, and he he could make something from anything. So, yeah, it, it's mm. tough. You can only do what you can do with the players you've got, and unfortunately, his players are just good first graders at the moment. They're not exceptional players. Well, at least they'll get a win this week against the Tigers, mate. Well, they're, <laughs> they're every chance to win this weekend. You know, this you know, their first one. You know, we're heading to a round six blockbuster. Both. Eels and Tigers will be winless going into round six. Yeah, yeah and well, the loser cool. will the loser will be anchored to the bottom of the table. That's where we're heading. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Well, I can't wait for round six, man. I can't Look out. wait. Bring it on. Look out. Mm. Uh, hey, I was I was very unhappy last night with the Raiders Sharks game with Royce Hunt got sin bin for Sharks, but um, Corey Horsburgh, God love him. We've already spoken about him, but he he held on to Hunt out of a scrum and then pushed him over. And then Hunt just, yeah, you can't walk away from that. I'm sorry. You, you can't. As a big front rower, you're taught to be aggressive and stand mm. up for yourself. You, you can't mm. cop that treatment from Horsburgh and expect mm. Royce Hunt to just walk away back into the defensive line. I know Craig Fitzgibbon will say that's what he should have done and, you know, we need to be disciplined. But, gee, I really felt for Hunt there. And, look, he threw whether he threw a punch or a push, we don't know, but he got 10 minutes in the Simbi. And my point is Horsburgh should have been dealt with as well. You can't. Of course he should have been. That's, yeah. that's what's provocative. Yeah, I mean, th- this game was built on a built on aggression. You can, front rowers are the, are the apex predator. What do you think they're going to do if you give them a push or a shove or punch them or, or whatever? Of course, they're going to retaliate. You know, I, I didn't. 
I thought it was a slap. I didn't think it was a punch, nothing but, you know. It. Nothing hurt. Yeah. yeah, come on, refs. Come on, refs. Wake up. Now, mm. uh, yeah, south of Manly, it's going to be huge anyway, but given the passing of the great John Sattler, even more so this week, and uh, the battle of the fullbacks, Latrell Mitchell and uh, Tommy Travojevic, this will be worth the price of admission alone, as they say, Jimmy. And you were in the Telegraph, I believe, today with Phil Rothfield giving your assessment as to who you would pick out of those number ones if it came mm. to that sort of choice. Well, who would you go for? Mm. Who's going well, better, yeah, Latrell well, or I Turbo? Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say who would I pick. They asked me who would you have on your team, and I said I'd have them both. I'd, I'd drop someone else or get someone out of the team so I could have them play them both together. That's fence-sitting. Well, no, it's not fence-sitting because they are both different players. Latrell, you can see the impact he has when he comes out wide and he's about six foot two and about 16, uh, you know, 100 kilos. His tip-ons uh, can open up a game. He's passing and, you know, on the weekend there he was fantastic. And Tommy Turbo, he never stops working. You know, he's, he's fearless. He probably works a little bit harder than Latrell, but... You know, and he's get, still getting back to his best. And I think he's not far off his best now. And he scored two tries on the weekend. And, and Tommy will take the forwards on up the middle of the ruck. Latrell probably doesn't. He likes to he likes to pace himself, and that's just Latrell. You know, he's a he's an unbelievable player, uh, and so too is Tommy Turbo. Who's the best, mate? I, I love them both. I love watching them both. I think it's great for the game. We've got two absolute superstars out there. They get get the turnstiles ticking. They do because they have such a, a positive impact on the game. Like when Tommy's playing well, I'm, I'm a Manly fan. I love watching Tommy play, and I love watching Latrell play as well. He's uh, he's unbelievable what he can do. And oh, I, I can't wait for this weekend. I just can't wait. To, to yeah. Salivating already. Yeah, you're frothing. All right, for what it's worth, I would have Tommy in the number one and Latrell in the centres. You wouldn't lose much there. Mm. Uh, mm. Fend at the end time, Jimmy. You got anything uh, you want to get off your chest? Oh, uh, no, I, I, actually, I think the footy's been pretty good, you know, so I I just hope it continues on. I'm really impressed with with the – I never yeah. thought I'd say that the quality of the refereeing and the way the game's been played. Yep. Um, and uh, all credit to the Rugby League for um, for the calibre of the football. Yeah, it's good. I, I do have a little bit of a beef. Um, coaches who, you know, as a journo – we're always told, focus on the game, stop talking about off-field issues, stop muck-raking. So I get cranky when coaches then shut down talk about the game. And I'm talking about Trent Robinson from the Roosters Rabbitohs game. There was a scuffle at the end of the game, a melee involving Joey Manu. And when the journos attempted to ask him about it, he said, no, no, let's move on. Focus on the game. Focus on the game. Let's not talk about negative stuff. I mean, hello, it was part of the game. And then there's Tim Sheens. Correct. Who dragged David Norfoluma from the field, the winger, um, mm. uninjured. And when he yeah. was asked about it, he goes, no, nah, I'm not justifying that, I'm not talking about yeah. it. So these, yeah. are, these are legitimate questions about the game, and the, they're not giving answers. So that's yeah. why, yeah. gentlemen, journos sometimes look for off-field issues and muckraking, if you like, to get a good story because you're not even talking about the game. So and, I get a bit look- sick of that. Yeah, and, and and to your point, they're both very good questions that should be answered by the coach. Yeah, you know, you're not, it's not like they're off-field tactics where you know no. you probably shouldn't go there. They're both very good questions, and for the for both coaches to, to disregard the question, that's wrong. I mean, do they not? That's why they're getting paid the big money because the, the media can ask those questions at, at the press conferences. That's why their wages have gone up tenfold in the last thirty years because of the questions like because the 
the rugby league fan wants to know what you're thinking, wants to know what's going on in your head. So they can't just say, well, I'm not going to justify that answer with a response, blah, blah, blah. That's just BS. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, it's a, it's a legitimate question and they should give it a legitimate answer. Yep, that's what I reckon. Uh, Jimmy, that is the show for today. Some great mm, hit-ups well, again. Time's flown, mate. Time's yeah, flown. Yeah. No, the footy's been good, plenty to talk about, and uh, thanks for listening at home, and um, make sure you tune in again next week and subscribe to your friends, family, enemies, whatever, to uh, listen to The Fend. Jimmy, yeah, thanks and, again, mate. What I'll do is I'll come up with I'll come up with 10 blonde bombshells next week. That, that, that'll be my Ooh, 10 okay. blonde bombshells. Okay. You've got the redheads, I'll bring back the blondies. Let's do the blondies next week. Uh, thanks again to George's Fine Mates, Cherrybrook. The code word of the week is... That's and that's John loving, and uh, also to Five Star Real Estate. Thanks for your support, Jimmy. See you next week. Hopefully, again, I'll say it. Hopefully, the Tigers and the Eels can get off, get off the mark. <laughs> Let's hope so.